Welcome back, everybody, to episode number 43 of the Odyssey podcast. I'm joined, as always, by my excellent co-host, Connor Campbell. Connor, how are you doing? I'm not too bad. How are you, Adam? I'm, uh, I'm much better now that I'm listening to your, your smooth, buttery, upgraded voice. As it's way better than I thought it would be. It is way better than I thought it would be, because I can actually hear myself now. Whereas in the past, with my my snowball, which which did me well, I remember in the past, I'm, I'm quite frugal, and I was even more frugal in the past. Adam's laughing because he thinks that's the understatement of the century. But like spending whatever it was, 50 quid on a snowball mic was like a big ask for me at like the start of this podcast. And it did me well, did me really well. And there was some issues, right? Like I'd be over effectively in the corner of the room talking and you would like the audio would be shite and I wouldn't know any any different. But picking this up now I can see is way better. Like the room is quite echoey, but I'm I'm right up close to it. It is way better. I can I can hear myself really well. And my concern is, and I noted this just before we started recording, was that like any little kind of squeaks or farts or burps or like I'm sure everyone knows this experience that when you're speaking for some reason you feel a big pool of saliva in your mouth and you feel like you're spitting all over the place mm-hmm. i hate that it, yeah. I, I think you're probably gonna have a really t- a tough editing job or i'm just gonna sound like a disgusting slob with this new and improved audio you don't think so no 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 that's the one thing about the like so we'll clarify here the yeti is uh mid to low range <laughs> yes, yes but it, yes. but a huge like super high quality mic you know it's 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 a definitely a good upgrade um i, I think at some point in the next couple of years, if we keep this up, we'll both just go straight to like a Shure SM7B, which is just good. It's still not, it's still, it's still like, it's mid to high range then, do you know what I mean? Um, yeah. But it, it's just much crisper. I say yes as if I know. But what the Yeti does is it gives us a few different audio presets. So we're both mm-hmm. set on uh, Cordoid, I think it is here. So it's recording like the box in front of our mouth. Whereas the yes. Yeti, Yeti was like, recording everything or sorry the snowball was the recording snowball was recording absolutely everything so you were much more liable to to have a you know little fucking fart here and there be picked up on <laughs> on and oh and it was it was plenty of yeah. editing done now over the last couple of years <laughs> that i'm i'm hopeful uh won't be the case now going forward especially because the biggest thing is that you can monitor your own audio so you can hear yourself while you're talking if you're mm. way too close or way too far and it'll just make for because there's lots of stuff on the audio editing side of things that like I don't think we've ever ever even talked about but no. oftentimes what I would what would happen is your audio level I would change like halfway through the podcast because you'd start up quite close here like this and then as the podcast went on you get further and further away I just so. kind of relax and lean back oh yeah you know biopsychosocial <laughs> I can't hear you bro would you fucking cop on yeah so now I'm hopeful that uh, that this will be a big listening upgrade to to the podcast I'm excited yeah. I am excited and I have this I just have it on the stand here in front of me and I have this arm I don't know what you call it recording arm a boom is arm is that what you a boom arm that's coming um, it just like attaches straight to the desk right mm-hmm. I can just I'm not going to need to just screw, screw something into the wall here next to me no, Super, it's like that, that's surprisingly modular so like if we if we wanted to go around and, and visit people for a few in person guests in the future which is something that's you know potentially going to happen you can do that you can bring your old funky arm with you so no that's cool um i'm excited how's the body actually after the meet i i haven't even talked to you about training wise for you since great uh excellent yeah no really really good no 
real aches or pains, a few days of kind of general soreness, specifically in my lower back, um, which was somewhat of an unusual experience. Um, it was the same kind of uh, general area as when I as when I kind of hurt my back in training a few weeks out from the meet. Maybe there's some some connection there, but dissipated away after three or four days and straight back to training and a different kind of soreness then for about a week and we're flying it now loving it nice nice and it's the calendar has been released is it your eye on up has it yeah it has yes it has right? it has it has okay good 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 um is there a meet that you have your eye on i know you were talking about timelines the last time we yeah spoke. If, if the calendar well, is the, the phenom, s- should we spoke about this? Yeah, if the calendar is the same calendar that I last looked at, then it will be that open in March or so. I, I think it's declared now that it's likely going to be <laughs> in phenom. But um, yeah, that that probably makes the most sense for me. Again, the goal is simply compete every six months, and if I can do that and have it be close to home in some way, shape, or form, then that's what I'm going to do. So, yeah, absolutely. You know, there's something nice. I, I was talking to somebody about this recently. I think it's only because I had like copied your sentiment on competing more often. I think I'd made a post about it that I'm yet to to release is that it, it's we used to talk a whole lot about internal and external motivators. And we we're talking about being solely process driven, not solely process driven, but the majority of it is process driven and you should want to be in it for the long run. But Man, external motivators are super powerful and are very handy to just kind of avail of if it's meaningful to you and, and having a comp or having something tangible to work towards is great. Yep. You know, and I, I when I signed up for the February Open about this time last year, whatever time it was, it, it was described to me by Amelia Potter as, as a little kind of spark. If you had lost your internal motivators for some reason or if you kind of lost your kind of flair with the sport, an external motivator like that and something super tangible that can provide a nice little spark that you can kind of then protect and garner and, and actually use to just generally rekindle your, your internal drive and, and motivators, which is something I'm feeling right now. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's... It's kind of cool. like... Nice. It, it's kind of... It kind of kind of harks back to the cyclical nature of, like, methodologies and, and the complexity or yes. simplicity behind them. So when, when someone comes to you and says, you know, I'm thinking about competing in powerlifting, What's your what's the like the first thing you say? Sign up for a meet. Ooh, great. <laughs> yeah, that's, Pick that's a meet, basically it. Sign up for a goddamn meet. Um, and in fact, that's a conversation I'm having a lot more now. Now that I'm back in person coaching and naturally being a powerlifter, I, I, what's the word? Kind of subconsciously push powerlifting on absolutely everyone I know. <laughs> um, so I've had a few people express some interest, and that's the the you know that's the the go to thing. Just pick a meet. The calendar's yeah. out. Let me know, I'll send it to you and pick one that works for you and let's just do it. And I think it's it's similar here, you know, um, where maybe once we'd have been like, ah, you know, the this is the optimal timing for this and we, ideally yeah. we want to have, no, just pick a meet, just do a meet, you know, keep keep that ball rolling, make sure there is there is the presence of an external motiva- motivator along with maybe all the extra internal motivators, you know. Fact, 100%. And the, like the accessibility of powerlifting only kind of, it, it makes that easier and it's 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 it not never mind the model that we use the coaching model that's super super malleable mm-hmm. and, and modular like it's we can just hop into a prep like whenever it doesn't need to be oh well this the meat needs to be 17 and a half weeks out or needs to be xyz like we can just hop in you know especially when there's there's more competitions it's and so like you're talking about 
pushing powerlifting on people like if people are in the gym and they don't really know what's going on or if they're just starting powerlifting is something super handy to get into and it's a great base and i've said this before whereas if you're like stephen duffy let's say and somebody comes into the gym and you're like you should try golf like jesus well that is a very big barrier to entry and that's a super specific skill set like there's no harm in pushing powerlifting on people especially when we're coming into and this topic is going to dominate the the course of the conversation coming into a scenario where there is more and more competitions available you know it's it's nice to have that option to say here we'll just we'll just do this and yep grant yeah um it's funny while you were talking there i'd never drawn a connection between a bottom-up approach to training and louis simmons before but there it is the uh you you said you know with with our with the kind of coaching model that we use it's very it's very malleable and it's very easy to to hop in and just do a comp prep whenever right that was yes. like louis entire idea behind west side it's like we want to keep athletes comp ready that's what he that's what it all was about you know what i mean i've never ever seen that before and <laughs> just off the back of that you're yeah you're absolutely right i the first seminar i think maybe the only seminar i've been to actually was Brandon Lilly in Redford in 2017, early 2017 or late 2016. And he was talking about the inconsistencies of peaking with powerlifting. And he was talking about training with Westside and that powerlifters in the weeks and months leading up to a meet would every week or three weeks or whatever their cycle was, they would be PR, 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 PR. And then they'd hop into their traditional taper and they would fuck up. Mm -hmm. And he was like, why don't we just do the same thing? And I was like, yeah, that makes total sense. It was like, that's effectively what we're doing, you know. What was that? Was that the cube method? I think that's what I his no thing idea. was. I, his thing was the cube method, but I think he was talking about training with Louis Simmons yeah, and yeah, the yeah. the repeatability, yeah. weirdly enough, of their of their peaking and their prep for competition, yep. which is effectively. It, I'm not going to say it's effectively the bottoms up approach. It's 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 in line it with takes the kind elements of, of it. Yeah, it's the same. It's the same goal, you know, and they're just mm. kind of they went a different route so it's, that's cool i never i never ever realized that before that's really cool that's so weird i'd love to this is an offside <laughs> take the intro like 10 to 15 minutes of our episodes and compare them against the quote-unquote topic of the episode <laughs> they're often so to- totally totally separate and, and different in tone and structure so that's i find that really funny but then i think we've done well to like merge into it yeah, yeah, yeah. Topics yeah. in the past, this is a, potentially a bit different, right? This is a big enough subject, and I think that the concept of introducing people into the sport, especially when there's more competitions available, is a nice segue. avenue into this. Is a nice segue into it, you know? Yeah, I agree with you there. It's funny. Um, I I feel like if we ever get stuck for an episode, we could just like I could just go back, pull all the pull all the um the files, and just put together these ten minutes into like and just blend them into mm. one another. People wouldn't even notice. It would just be a whole random uh, chat GPT yeah. <laughs> and it's just like the same the same words. Has again, that dawned on you super yet? Duper. That we have you know there's like whatever it is now at this point we're we're pushing. Uh, there's hours and hours and hours at some point there'll be hundreds of hours of us talking on on the internet open access yes and so like you know those those like uh, listen to homer simpson covering country roads that mm. that's going to be available for for us as well <laughs> i actually have kind of thought about it and it's i only thought about it recently you know charlie bird don't you yeah of course the the broadcaster um i, I can't remember what his condition is that he's losing his he's lost his voice 
but if because he's a broadcaster and he has so there's so much audio files of his voice that the the, the kind of voice box app i don't know what you would call it the device that they have to let him kind of speak you know stephen hawking's kind of voice box that he has yep. they have one like tailored to his voice and he can pretty much say anything because that's it so is compiled cool. his voice so that's cool and in, in that regard it's very endearing but obviously the potential for harm is huge if we were in a position of influence and somebody wanted to to abuse like i've seen like deep fake videos it's weird. In, in, this is definitely like in, in sci-fi and in, in television, but like if there's enough video clips of you, there's enough to stitch together to to create a false Adam Phillips. Yeah. And you say, yeah, no, I want my all of the, the money in my bank account, please. Here is me. You can tell. The way, the way I look at this, right? And of course, we're still not over what they call like the uncanny valley. You know, there's still just mm. something about each one of these fakes where you, if you know, you know it's fake, right? But yeah, what I like to think of, the way I like to think of this is like, if you were to put someone who did not grow up in the digital age on a computer and just have them like spend, you know, 12 hours just, just on, the, on the internet, just searching, mm. searching the web, searching Google, at some point or another, they will fall for a very good advert that does not look like an advert because they mm. actually can't, um, you know, distinguish between what's an advert and what is just another piece of content. You know, you see that like lots of things that circle circulate on like WhatsApp groups of, of people who are 50 plus predominantly are like scams or adverts, but they just look like another piece of content that's to be consumed. Right. Yeah. I think that's probably going to be a similar thing here that people who grow up with this type of technology will know they'll just have that sense that we have maybe for for what's an ad and what isn't an ad or what's a scam and what's not a scam they'll have that sense for that and maybe people who didn't maybe us and people slightly slightly older will be more liable to to fall for it you know so i i just think it's i don't think the potential for there is potential for harm but i think it's probably kind of overblown right now at the moment yeah yeah but I, I, I would actually struggle to, like, what is there going to be? Like, do, do you follow Lex Friedman? Of course, yeah. His interview with Mark Zuckerberg, or his podcast with Mark Zuckerberg in the metaverse. And I remember when that whole meta thing launched, he was like, this looks like a fucking Roblox game, pal. Would you relax? <laughs> like, how did you blow a billion dollars on this? But if you go onto Lex's Instagram, you'll see a clip of it and they recorded like what they see in their goggles and it's obviously not perfect and but at a glance you just think it's him yeah it's it's the improvements that it's had in the last two years yeah. is crazy you yeah. know yeah. so yeah. it's it, it raises a lot of interesting questions that i'm sure like we need to have more podcasts that just aren't about powerlifting they're just speculating on things definitely not no, definitely not no, no business no one needs to hear we shouldn't even this, be talking Joe about Rogan this model just <laughs> speculate about things that you have absolutely no clue that's about. what our like early ideas about a podcast were i remember that we used to like sit down with a beer and or maybe a couple of beers yeah. and just talk shite and it was vaguely powerlifting but i think this is probably a more suitable format for the time being Anyway, we talked about yes, yes, yes. We could talk about this even more, but yes, 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 yes. We shall segue, segue. jump in, segue into today's topic, which I suppose is to 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 kind of put it like this will probably be the title of the episode: the future of Irish powerlifting. Yes, 
Yeah, and and as you I think had appropriately mentioned beforehand, to talk about the future of it, I think it's it'll it's important to kind of go back to to our introduction anyway. Like it's, we're not going to do a full history lesson on on parody in Ireland. Like it's I don't know if that, if that resources is available. Talk to somebody in Harks and they'll, they'll tell you all about it. Um, and I and you actually, I, I don't know if you know that you said it incorrectly, but you said when we were involved, when we started to get involved in the IDFPA, you started off in the IDFPA. I didn't. I actually started in the Irish PF. That's true. That's true. But you remember the situation at the, do you remember much of the scene, the, the national scene of powerlifting when the IDFPA was, was around? It's quite a big membership base. Like it surprised me when I heard it. Yeah, it's it was about as it was it was about the same size as the Irish PF is now, I believe. I think there was around mm. seven hundred members at peak in the IDFPA. Maybe I'm off now here, you know, give or take one. I've, maybe no, I've heard that. I've heard that um that number being put out. It was certainly big. Um and you know, it was it was similar enough in, in some ways. So the so powerlifting is obviously there's a there's a great history there right you know it goes back to like odd lifts and then into powerlifting and you know there's 50 years of history in in the IPF for example but raw powerlifting which is kind of what we all mean when we talk about powerlifting is 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 a very very young sport right or at least that's what we mean and and most of our listeners mean it's very young um and and like I think only in the last max 15 years has it really risen to popularity. So in the early 2010s, there was there was multiple players and, and lots of moving parts and lots of different federations growing at the same time as raw powerlifting was growing, probably thanks to CrossFit and the increased availability of barbells and weights mm. in, in gyms. That's literally how, how I got into powerlifting, like, if not for CrossFit, the gym that I started training in would never have existed, um, which it was essentially just like a box gym um, with barbells and weights and kettlebells and very little else. Um, and that's what, you know, had access to barbells. If not for that, then it probably would have been the closest barbell um, probably would have been 50 kilometers away from me. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Um, so that's how raw powerlifting t- kind of came came to, to prominence. But um, in the early early days of it, there was the WDFPF, which was another international body, and the IDFPA in Ireland was affiliated with the, the WDFPF. Uh, at that time, knee sleeves were not allowed to be used. That was kind of the biggest thing. And testing was done in a different, more questionable manner. Um, and there was lots of, kind of <laughs> weird, um, I don't know what you would, weird, weird, other weird things that I, I won't spend much time going into. Um, and and the kind of major difference between the IDFPA and the Irish PF, as we know it, is that the IDFPA was very much kind of uh, there was lots of you know quote unquote like participation awards given out. Like if you went to an IDFPA yeah. nationals, it seemed like every second lift was a world record and and all this kind of thing. Whereas the elite lifters had already started to pool in the IPF. And so naturally, because all of the best lifters were in the IPF, when the Irish PF was established in 2015 um, by Jay and Sean Ryan, Jay Farrant and Sean Ryan, 
naturally that 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 just attracted people right because they wanted to be compete within the best avenue for powerlifting and potentially work their way up to to the likes of worlds where they would be around these other big names and there were, even then there was a lot of big names competing at at the likes of worlds you'd you'd johnny candido you'd brett gibbs you'd bryce lewis ray williams like all all these like legendary names jen thompson etc etc um mm. and so naturally that gained traction you could also wear knee sleeves so that was a big thing um, and then I believe it was in 2016, there was a big issue um, with with money going missing and all sorts of other things in the IDFPA that that eventually led to its just complete dissolution. Uh, as of as of recently, a few kind of dedicated members did stay on and, and try to keep it going in affiliation with a different international body, but the bulk of the membership migrated over to the Irish PF. I think mainly just as a result of. I think the entire committee of the IDFPA stepped down at that time. And so <laughs> there was this other yeah. functional body here that had all the perks that it had and, and had, like I say, had Jay involved who, who you know, is a is definitely a pioneer of powerlifting competitions in Ireland and who, who was able to host. Because to be fair, like the IDFPA, my first IDFPA meet was in a, like a community center, in a on like a basketball court up the country it was in rd and um there was no music that we warmed up on in like a, a power rack and had with bumper plates and you know it was it was definitely it, it felt like kind of a backyard meet you know what i mean versus then yeah the first irish pf meet i went to was everyone had access to good equipment and there was music and it just felt more it was like a better experience all around you know what i mean mm. um and then yeah like i say people just kind of slowly started to, to migrate over into the point where you know the rhpf the, the ipf's affiliate is kind of seen currently as the the main place for for uh, tested raw powerlifting in ireland i think that kind mm. of brings us up to to present day yeah absolutely and it's there there is a history of <laughs> And, and I, I even think so in some of the smaller federations, because there was a bunch of different federations. I think I counted at one stage, there was 11 anyway listed on, on open powerlifting for Ireland. And it, it was a lot of these things happened or a lot of these federations formed over disagreements between rule sets or disagreements within committees. Uh, no, fuck you. I like to bench up my heels up. I'm going to go and do my own federation. I'm going to do my own thing. And we had kind of talked just there about the cyclical nature of, of things. And it's appropriate here and it, it's it's interesting as to why these things happen because we're all doing the same thing effectively we're all just lifting weights yep. right it's it's not it nothing is crazy different um and we're, we're kind of on the cusp of we, we are on the cusp of another big change in irish powerlifting the irish powerlifting scene where there's potentially another big player coming in to the raw tested scene which is, is that unique in, in the history of Irish powerlifting that two, two potentially big competitors, one is, it's not, I think in the past, one has clearly been better than the other. It's been upgrade, upgrade, upgrade. Now it's, it's a different story. Mm-hmm. It's not that one is objectively better than the other. Yeah. It, it, it's you have two good options coming yeah. to the table here. 
and I think you have two. You'll have two good options. We'll 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 kind of set the scene properly in a second. You have two good options who are kind of what's the word established and resilient enough whereby if one is better than the other, I think that it's likely we're going to see the other rise to to meet the you know um, rise to meet the, yeah. the kind of level. You know, I don't think it's yeah. going to be a case that. I personally don't think it's going to be a case that if one were to be better than the other, that everyone would just migrate over and that's it, you know, like like in the past, right? I do think mm. that this is going to be a more long-term coexistence, and I do think that's that's totally viable. But um, I guess, like I say, we'll, we'll continue to kind of set the scene before we jump in and give, like, our opinions on, on what we think the, the situation is going to be going forward. I suppose it would be worth... so saying that or explaining what happened with the USAPL and why that's a yeah, thing. Yeah, I'm, I'm not even too... like So the USAPL split with the IPF, the International Powerlifting Federation, and I think it's just for clarity going forward. The, when we say IPF, we're referring to the International Powerlifting Federation as opposed to the Irish PF, which is the Irish counterpart for the International Powerlifting Federation. It's it that's often the two are kind of mixed up or thrown around. IPF was to me an Irish PF. I think just just to establish that, I think that's quite important going forward. And I don't have a hundred percent of the facts now for the the USAPL as it was at the time was the American affiliate of the IPF. USAPL was, and there was an argument over testing and using non WADA labs. So all IPF affiliates must use WADA protocols and WADA affiliated labs or approved labs. And so as of as of, I think it was 2020 or 2021. OK, so this this was a new rule that was brought in yeah, yeah. effectively. And so had the USAPL been using their own labs the whole time? Yeah, so so had everyone labs? we had as well. So so now it's okay. just this blanket thing that the, the that WADA is entirely responsible for the IPF and everyone, mm. every IPF affiliate has to has to subscribe to that. And so I know, for example, in the RHPF, the RHPF pays a large anti-doping fee to directly to WADA, I believe, and they handle our anti-doping and all of the IPF's anti-doping from in, in every way, from in, in from selection of who's getting tested to the carrying out of the testing itself. And again, like I say, that's only a relatively new thing. Before that, uh, federations could were responsible for their own testing. Of course, it had to meet a certain standard. I don't have all of those kind of facts off the top of my head but yeah everyone could everyone's kind of responsible in some way shape or form for for their own testing so they could go for kind of more financially viable routes that would encourage more testing yeah so so this was the root of the usapl split with the ipf two three years ago whatever it was there was some disagreement over i think usapl had their set routes that they like to test people in and in terms of the publication of results they were handling that and they disagreed with this large level of, of an extra level of governance from the IPF. I, I feel like they saw it as an infringement on their autonomy as a federation. That's total speculation on my part, but that, that's I'm hypothesizing why it was, this was a potential split. It was mostly financial. So like I say, it would have cost them a, a huge amount more for test to, to test the same level that they do and the USAPL is very kind of takes a lot of pride in the level of testing that they do although it is a more kind of fallible I think that's fair to say uh, avenue yeah. for testing in that it could be a, you you could see um you know 
someone's like friends kind of interacting in the anti-doping process which probably isn't the most resilient to to tampering yeah you know however yeah. they do they they test uh, an order of ma- orders of magnitude more than the ipf test because like i say they go for kind of the more financially feasible uh, avenues of testing mm. so so that was the root cause of the split between the usapl and the ipf and I, th- I believe Powerlifting America is now the is the current American affiliate of the IPF. Yeah. So a lot of stuff going on in, in, in the United States in terms of powerlifting. And it's it's a complicated enough place at the best of time because you effectively have 50 independent countries operating under one flag and kind of set of rules. So there's, there's a lot of complexity going on there. And so the USAPL, to my knowledge, and step in now if I'm, if I'm misquoting this because I kind of just ejected USAPL from my mind mm-hmm. because I was like well that's you know, nothing to do with me Irish PF is what I'm going to think about and um, they set out and they have set out to create to, to make the USAPL an international competitor to the IPF in terms of providing an international platform for lifters to compete at tested raw high quality meets with with the main difference apparently being we want this to be a fun lifter experience and they they put this forward as like we're for the lifters we want to have music and lights and we want it to be good and we want it to be fun we want it to be high quality and really high enjoyment is my yeah. impression anyway. i think i think that's fair to say i think maybe we're taking the sentiment from the three lads who set up usapl ireland and and kind of applying it to the wider organization that is the usapl totally yeah i do know that they like they're insisting on kind of higher quality venues and it's i i don't think they will allow for like gym meets anymore i do think from what i've seen it has to be like one of the kind of, and if you're listening and I'm incorrect, please let me know. I, I think mm. one of the conditions is that it does have to be held in like a, a a venue, a dedicated venue as opposed to in the gym, you know? Yeah. Which could lend itself to, to it be, it being a better experience for, for the athletes. Um, whether they're trying to be a competitor to the IPF or not, I'm not sure. It depends on how you see that. I, I think they're trying to be different in a certain way, you know? And, and, yeah. and this is, this is kind of their unique kind of selling point. Um, I don't, I'm not sure that they're trying to be like the place for world championships, you know, although, yeah, there's this world cup that they're doing. Um, I think they're just trying to be a global organization for powerlifting, not necessarily like an international governing body, you know? Okay. But they definitely need to change their name (laughs) if they're doing that. Man. And it's, I was, I was speaking to, one of the proponents of USAPL Ireland during the week because I had expressed that I have some mixed feelings, which I do. I think that's fair to say. And it asked me, like, please don't say it's the name. And I, the name, for some reason, like, was the main issue that I had when I when I first heard this might be kicking off. I just thought it was so stupid. And I think I've actually gotten over the name part, but it's still, it's still very silly. It um, does feel ridiculous, yeah, to be fair. It does feel any any like reservations I have major reservations I have are, are based on the name as well. It just feels so so dumb. You know what I mean? Like like mm. what I fall back to is is the accessibility, right? So you're explaining yes. this to your grandparents. You're explaining like oh, I have a competition this weekend. <laughs> They're like, oh where? What's the story with that? And you're like, oh well I'm I'm competing at USAPL Ireland. And they're like they they. 
they they know enough to pull the the acronym USA out of it, right? So they're like, "Oh, you're mm. where in America are you going?" Uh, no, no, no. It's 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 a, a Irish. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. It just feels unbelievably redundant. Um, of course, I get it. Right now, it's in the inf- it's in its infancy, so it is what it is. I just do hope. And someone had told me they do have plans to kind of make it make it more what's the word make it more marketable i guess uh, and i really hope yeah. they do because it just yeah that's like <laughs> my biggest gripe with it to be honest so what what you said there about it 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 not and we can't speak to the intention of the the usapl organizers or meet directors we can't speak to the intention of usapl ireland directors and meet directors but the idea of it being put forward as as an alternative as opposed to a competitor yeah is nice yeah is nice that there's an alternative like it's i obviously have concerns over the market size in ireland at the moment uh and being able to share resources and all of this kind of thing but but i think to take it in the most optimistic point of view that's it you know it, it's it's that this is an alternative it's just a different avenue people can do it if they want it is an air of coexistence and uh, and of competition healthy competition that can drive that can drive both forward you know it's mm-hmm. i think if it's to go well that's the way it's to go i agree with you i think there's 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 maybe a bit more context we can give and then we'll mm. we'll jump into our, our our own opinions i think so jay farrant and gar then both two major players from day one in the RHPF, um, literally from day one, and have been the, the, the two the two of them have been responsible for I would say like most of the powerlifting competitions held in Ireland yeah. since since then. Um, so Jay resigned. He was on the he was president of the Irish Powerlifting Federation up until recently. He has since resigned. And this is now the avenue by which he is he is promoting um, tested powerlifting in Ireland. This is where we can talk about some of the maybe the reasons for that and some of the exclusionary, almost monopolistic practices that the IPF are uh, are, are enforcing. Um, yeah. and, and I guess why it makes total sense for Jay to to be exploring this avenue and why like i've seen the the criticism levied at them that like ah this is a money grab it's like yeah uh, yeah obviously it's a, like what do we coach for free do you know what i mean is is us yeah. charging money for coaching a money grab no it's it's all part of the same ecosystem and and it money needs to be involved for because that's kind of how the world works right now you know we need to have some level of motivation or external motivation to to do the job that we do to the highest quality and continue to try and evolve and grow you know what i mean so i think that mm. and i think you have some some um, opinions there and we'll, we'll get back to that but it's worth saying that so jay obviously operates and runs the ab series as well which has mm. really really grown and risen to prominence and it's a really cool unique kind of brand of powerlifting that jay pretty much has invented himself and 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 you know he he is the the owner director of that entirely you know and, and it literally i know he has a full team of volunteer of ready and willing volunteers that cannot be understated but 
Jay has been mm-hmm. the, the the guiding vision for that, and he really, you know, has brought that to to a a level that you wouldn't have imagined when when he first started doing them. Right? It's 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 really grown and really gained traction in Ireland, and even now it's starting to gain traction outside of Ireland. Yeah, the IPF made it so that Jay could not do both long term. The IPF made it so that they could not, the two of those couldn't feasibly coexist and that Jay at some point would have to choose because of Article 14, quite simply. There's other things in the bylaws, but Article 14 of the IPF Constitution states simply that you cannot compete outside of the IPF. Yes, there's more mm-hmm. to it, but for, for brevity's sake, we're going to leave it that. You can't compete outside of the, of the IPF. If you do, you're liable to a 12 to 24 month period of suspension from competing within the IPF at, I think it even says regional, I forget now, but at least national or international levels. So meaning, if you're in Ireland and you compete at the Ab Series, you can't do uh, Irish PF Nats, is, is, is what Article 14 is. So just to kind of offset some of that criticism, like, of course, of course, Jay has to look for an alternative. You know what I mean? Like a large part of his business is, is set up is 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 dependent on the the well-being of the ab series i can only imagine i'm now i don't i want to be careful not to speak for him or for his business but i'm imagining that that's the case so i think that's faulty criticism and i think it's a it's a bit of a a bit of a ignorant point to make to be honest because yes of course there's there's money involved you know like that's not a i don't think that's to the detriment of the lads um kind of intentions you know what i'm saying yeah yeah totally it's and it's i know you said i i do have some thoughts and feelings some some concerns about it all that i'll i'll say for a couple of minutes but but yeah no i think that's i think it's fair to say that it it being if it is simply a financial motivator that's fine like as you said that's the way the world works and it's good intentions don't put food on the table now to be honest like and you have a family and you have bills and you have expenses like it it needs to make money yep or else it won't be done for long that's the fact that's any business like it's it's that's just the way it goes you know and i'll leave i'll park that there for the moment we'll revisit that now in a couple of minutes that's where jay is at at the moment and and again it's we talked about having a disclaimer that we're we're just speculating where this is no hard take and if we're getting any information wrong or if you think we're unfair and some of the things we say absolutely say it to us like we're incredibly fallible people and and we're just we're just talking here you know there's there's nothing this is not the take it's worth me jumping in also and just saying uh, so for full disclosure <laughs> we're both on the Irish PF committee I'm on the Irish PF executive committee I'm the general secretary of the Irish PF um all opinions here are my own they are not the official stance of the Irish PF executive committee it's that needs to be mm. said because it is it is the case and I'll be very very careful here not to to make it appear like I'm speaking on behalf of the Irish PF that's absolutely not the case we're just getting together and running our mouth on something that we we probably shouldn't be, um, because that's kind of what we do. That's what we do here. Yeah, uh, you're wearing an IPF, RSPF committee T-shirt, aren't you? There, yeah. I actually am. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're you're dead. You're dead right. Yeah, and I, I feel like anyone who knows us 
knows this, but the the podcast has has grown significantly. Um, and I have people coming up to me quoting shit that, that I may have said I'll, I'll, at some point. So I'll ask you to, this. Good to say this. I'll ask you yeah. this. What like what what are what's your angle? You know what I mean? Because my angle here is simply that I actually really really care about Irish powerlifting as a whole. And yes, that's that's kind of the the crux of this conversation. Will be the crux of my opinions here is like I just want to see Irish powerlifting. Or tested Irish powerlifting at least as a whole do very very well that's that's where I'm coming at it from totally yeah and I'm the same and not not to get in like this one-upmanship like I, I care about Irish people and and resistance training and, and training competing in the sport of powerlifting I all think is a very good healthy sustainable activity sustainability on a micro level is something I, I burn the ear off people and work about that's my bottom line yeah. you know and it's it's the continuity of the game is what matters to me you know and it's as you noted earlier on whatever label is above the door whether it's the irish bf whether it's the ab series whether it's USA, usapl ireland it's all the same people it's all the same thing whatever you want to call yourself effectively doesn't matter you know and then there's not not to play it off or, or anything like that like this this does matter and it has potentially serious implications but i think a fundamental acknowledgement of why we're here why we're doing this thing is important and 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 between all the different bodies and players potential motivators like that's the bottom line because if you're in it just to make money you're a moron because there's way easier ways to make money do you know so like there's a certain point of it absolutely i think is is lifters first and the people first you know and i think it it's we would be doing the people we're talking about a disservice if we didn't say that yep you know certainly. that's my angle anyway certainly 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 okay well i think that's like all the context that that realistically we we should give that we can can potentially speak on like i know you're very good friends with jay and and he's made this jay has impressed me right because we used to not get on get on and um, he has impressed me with how forthcoming and open and honest he is you know and he's been remarkably consistent for years like for years he's he was he was remarking on his vision of what irish powerlifting could and should be or what he likes in powerlifting and all he did with the ab series was go out and do it you know and, and you have to give him the height of respect for it and for a long long time i was dead set against the ab series i only, only went to one of them for the first time like two months ago um I, so I, I I do have to commend him for what he's built and, and how consistent he has been with that, you know, and it's I think it's it's worth saying, what's full disclosure on my part, it's like my initial reaction to this USAPL Ireland thing is the same reaction that I had to when I, I heard the Ab series was coming out. I was like, the bastard, like, what are you doing? Like this splitting is not productive, right? And And we were talking about this during the week and the language that I'm using there is unproductive. It's It's potentially misrepresentative and it's unproductive no matter what so to say it's a split i think it's a deliberate choice in language that is is presenting a false sense of certainty because i can't speak to the motivations of the parties involved and i can't tell what the future will hold you know to say so maybe a new growth or a new avenue is is probably more appropriate you know because that's what the ab series has turned out to be like it hasn't detracted from the irish pf whatsoever it's provided a different alternative for let's say untested lifters or for people who don't want to pursue a TUE for whatever reason people who don't want to be locked into a, 
a membership. They can just sign up to a comp and have the crack. It, it's, I think, to, to look at it from the most optimistic point of view, that's the way to look at it. And again, full disclosure, that's that was my immediate reaction to this was like, you bastards, what he's doing, what he's doing, you know? Yeah, I think there's pros and cons to, to each avenue. And we'll, we'll just for, totally. like, there is more avenues. Again, like you said at the start, there's still a bunch of different feds knocking around. But I think for the sake of this conversation, we'll just, we'll chalk it down to the three, right? And all the, like the app series is not a federation, but it's a it's a competition host, right? And I think all three of these parties fit that brief. So we've got the app series, we've got the RHPF, and we've now got USAPL Ireland with the worst name of all time. Yeah. Um, <laughs> they all have their unique selling point. There's pros and cons to each one. You know, the the series, for example, pro untested, con untested, right? <laughs> pro, you've got like it's it's real, it's like fun. And and it's 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 fun across the board as as from from all the report, reports I've heard from from Division Two, all the way up to to the pro. It's it's an enjoyable experience uh, relative to other experiences that they've had um, for for all involved, right? Um, what cons might that bring about? I don't know. It's only in Dublin, or has only really been in Dublin up to this point in in abs powerlifting. Now, of course. Jay's branching out. I think they held one in Scotland. They're holding one in Germany, and there's. I'm sure it's just going to continue to 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 yeah. grow further and further, kind of roots and, and legs. Um, the Irish PF, uh, the pro, the obvious pro, the biggest selling point there is that it's the IPF affiliate. So if you're looking at yeah, if your if your goals or ambitions are to compete at an international level within the IPF wearing the SBD era singlet, the, definitely the coolest single on planet Earth, um, then that's your avenue. You know, that's where you go. And and the, the level of competition in the RHPF is great. Do you know what I mean? The the standard of comps is excellent. They're fun. Maybe they're a little less um, exuberant or they're a little less about the show than the likes of the series, which we've obviously seen mm-hmm. a lot of right now or, or in the last few years. But they're still fun. Like they're still compared to when you get to the IPF. Like you know, I've been to IPF meets that are infinitely less crack than a random open in Ireland. The Phenom Open, for totally. example. The Phenom Open, absolutely. The great little, example. the little gym that could, like, like I said, fifteen hundred square foot unit shouldn't have worked, and it did work. Now I think thanks in large, large part to there being a good number of people who knew what they were doing i think if you like had like 100 plus competitors over the weekend and all of their coaches had hadn't a clue no one had any idea what was going on i think that probably the warm room would have been a bit of a disaster but everyone there yeah. generally knew so we could make the most of the space and be generally respectful of everyone there so it ran really well and the lads did an absolutely incredible job with that space it was fantastic crack and infinitely more fun than euros in poland last year you know um so yeah like again that's those are the pros of the irish pf the cons being an ipf affiliate (laughs) and thus being subject to the ipf's um strict and in my opinion out of touch again my opinion out of touch um vision for the sport i think they they are for ioc recognition at all costs and I'm going to assume I'm going to like assume good faith behind their decision making. You know, it's it would be easy for me to be like, ah, oh, well, this, you know, th- this person's only doing this because of this. And it's I'm going to assume good faith and assume mm-hmm. that 
the 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 things like the new bench rules, which in my opinion are completely ridiculous and exclusionary, uh, even discriminatory. Um, that that's that's in a bid to try and get to try and you know further market the sport and and again work towards IOC recognition. Things like Article Fourteen, there's definitely a case to be made there for its relevance from an anti-doping point of view. You know, making sure everything is above board and 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 WADA certified or affiliated or whatever. Um, those are, in my opinion, the cons. You know what I mean? Because when you're just random person looking to compete and have fun in powerlifting, you're not necessarily an international level lifter. These things are just going to inhibit your experience, and maybe you'll be yeah. better served then by the likes of the Ab Series. Or the USAPL. Now, we haven't seen a USAPL Ireland meet yet, so we don't know what it looks like. We've only heard the the the, the three lads, Scar, Jay, and Ian, talk about what it's going to be. And I have every faith that it's going to be, that they're going to be great competitions. They're going to be great shows. They're going to be in excellent venues. You're going to be able to spectate and have a beer or even probably coach <laughs> and have a beer. How advisable that oh, is, I God don't forbid. know. But that's obviously another con as of January 24 in the IPF. You can no longer, which is such a, so funny that it's in the rule book that you can't drink. You can't be under the influence of alcohol and be in the warm room. So funny that they had to put that in there. But maybe that speaks to the kind of the wider powerlifting kind of market or audience, you know. Maybe that's like the direction that the sport naturally wants to move in. Like I've heard people talk about darts, you know. And, and what that's like and maybe it does need to move in that direction for 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 o- its overall growth mm. um so yeah i do i do think that'll be that'll be a great avenue for for powerlifting competition and again the cons will or the pros will be it doesn't it's not subject to to the ipf's rules and regulations and and bench depth i don't think is going to be a thing Article 14 isn't going to be a thing, so you can compete in the series, for example, and the USAPL with no issue whatsoever. You know, there may even be kind of a stronger affiliation between the two at some point. I'm not sure. Um, the cons of the USAPL. Now, this is something that I haven't heard, and, and I was a little disappointed that the lads didn't didn't talk about this in the podcast. I was hoping, I was really, really happy having listened to the podcast with Iron Ian, the Iron Mindset, and the three lads that they kept it like about themselves. They kept it about what they were doing, what their goals and ambitions were, and not necessarily it was. It, they never appeared to to detract from or, or just totally shit on the Irish PF. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so I was really, really pleased by that, and I, I think because that kind of fits my fit, my vision and my my uh, grand kind of goals for the sport that that there'll be all these different avenues and they'll all kind of actually work together to to raise the the tide you know what i mean but i was i was worried i was a bit disappointed that they didn't address some of the cons that might be that might be brought about some of the reasons why maybe the usapl might not be the best fit for the x lifter and maybe why the irish pf might be a better fit you know and we kind of already touched on on the major one because i think i forget who said it on the podcast but they said you know it would be the same standard of testing and it will be tested. And I do, I think it will be tested to a more than appropriate degree. Do you know what I mean? I do think that, I do think that the testing will be resilient enough 
and and of of a high enough quality that we can call it a tested avenue for power totally totally absolutely yeah but to say it's of the same degree is you know i think to 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 kind of mislead people because it isn't you know it like it is more fallible than than the water route the 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 thing is though there's this kind of balance between quality and quantity right Mm. and i'm not sure which one is better or worse because the ipf with with the their enforcement of of what, you know, WADA, WADA's testing protocols, we're, we're definitely seeing a lot less testing happen in Ireland, in the Irish PF, um, than maybe the USAPL Ireland will be able to to provide with their probably cheaper alternatives for testing, you know? So so I'm not sure which one is going to be better or worse, but but I would love there to be open and honest dialogue about kind of some of the pitfalls that, that will come about with it, you know? I... And again, like I, I don't want this to be me. Like I, I share your sentiment as well on the, the Iron Mindset podcast. There, the three guys, they were, they were very amicable. It was, it was a lot about, here's what we want, and here's what we're gonna do, as opposed to bashing the the IPF or the RSPF in particular, the RSPF because it's, it's been such a fantastic community to be a part of, and it's, it's all volunteers, you know, and and the the guys included volunteered their time and their facilities and their resources and their and their money to help run really really high quality meets and everyone else in the ec has as well so i'm I'm, was really glad to see that i too was kind of i i wasn't exactly expecting them to go through okay here's the potential downsides of this and and this echoes a lot of the the feedback i got in a lot of the q a boxes like because they don't know what's going to happen or how this is going to to run you know it's it's i i feel like it's so and maybe the guys have a better I, i'd imagine they have a better hold on this they know more so how it's going to run but you can't predict negative outcomes or anything like that because they, they just don't know what's going to happen and there was an awful lot of lofty kind of talk and we're going to do this we're going to do that and it seems <laughs> It it seems very surface level. It's like, well, how are you, how are you going to do this? It reminds me fucking about Sinn Fein saying that they're going to come in and they're going to do X. They're going to fix all this housing crisis. They're going to fix this. They're going to fix that. And they're kind of like, how how are you going to do this? Like, please, please, please tell me how this is going to work. Like, I love I love what you're saying, and I would love it for it to work out like you say it will. But I have no idea how that's going to happen. Do you know? And it's when there is a potential issue, and this is the the crux of the the issue about being able to compete in both you're going to want to have a very strong platform for people to use especially if they're by using yours they're going to get kicked out of a really good one you know what i mean it's it's that's that's my concern and it's it's around article 14 and you had mentioned it there that there's a couple of bylaws, there's a couple of little interesting bits and pieces. It's it's not exactly as black and white as people may think. But the sentiment that was shared in the podcast with Ian was that you'll be granted to compete in both. And I, I think that's impossible to say. I think that's that's a false statement to make. You know, you had mentioned that it, it could depend on the level of which you're competing. Regional, national, international, very understandably, well, kind of not really understandable about being excluded from international or national level competitions that's on the more understandable side of things i think it's still a bit shitty but 
for the sake of regional competitions, right? Because it makes up the vast amount of, of lifters, makes up the vast amount of competitions. If people are able to compete in both, that's amazing. Yeah, I agree. You know, that that's great. And it's this is being put forward as a very lifter first approach, which again sounds great, but it's it's I have some concerns there as well because it is obviously a financial financially driven decision as we had said and fucking damn right it should be I, I i don't want to get my opinion twisted here at all like running a gym is expensive you know holding like closing your facility for a weekend for a competition is expensive <laughs> repairing the fucking gym because people abuse your facility and treat it like shit is expensive to take that on the chin for the for the love of the game is a big ask and all the guys have been doing that for years years so to be able to pursue an avenue where they can be appropriately compensated for their sacrifices and for their time is more than justified yes you know that's that's right and uh, there's a lot of people have been upset in my in my dms saying that it's it's very false that they're saying yeah we're lifter first while it's this quote-unquote cash grab i think is unfair it's very very unfair criticism they're not exactly mutually exclusive you know like and we, we had talked about this during the week for it to be sustainable for a long period of time especially in a in a very neoliberal environment where there's little to no governance more in an irish setting because we don't receive government funding which is a separate issue if it's not economy driven or market driven it's it's it won't last what what is there to pay the bills to keep the lights on to keep your staff employed to, to upgrade the equipment to repair the facilities the money needs to come from somewhere and from the structure of the IPF for meat directors it's not there and, and they're just getting get dicked to be fair for the for the most part so it, it's perfectly understandable yep. you know yeah I so the reason I bring up the pros and cons before this was to was to kind of highlight the basis for my position here which is that yeah and I think everything's going to be fine. <laughs> I think we're all going to make it. I think there's room for everyone. And I think all this does is take up, is kind of increase the, the potential market cap in Ireland. You know what I mean? It, it just provides yeah. more room. It, it, there's more competitions. The Irish PF was, was already struggling to meet demand, right? So this will, will provide more avenues for competition and and more options most importantly you know it'll it'll give people who may not have wanted to compete in either the IRHPF or the ab series which i'm sure there is there is a, a population and i'd say probably a surprising population it'll give those individuals an avenue now and now they're going to be involved in the wider ecosystem that is irish powerlifting and to me mm. that's what i think we all need to to be concerned with first and foremost you know yeah, that's. I think that's that's fair. Do you want, do you want to continue? I want to. I want to butt in there. And I want in. to ask you something because I'm going to be honest. Like when I was putting forward my Q and A's, my question boxes, ninety nine percent of it was was against the USAPL Ireland or just expressed a lot of concern, which I think is 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 more than fair. Yep. Um, you had said there's going to be more competitions. I don't I don't see that being the case you know when it's expensive enough to have venues and we've just had two of the most common venues in the RHPF removed yep. like abs resigning from RHPF competition competitions city gym resigning from RHPF competitions yep. I think that limits 
the ability of the Irish PF to put on competitions unless it alternatives does. are found. Of course. Which is very tricky. And and so you have the guys talking about putting on new and amazing meets in these fantastic locations and venues. I, I struggle to see that happening. And then overall you're talking about the number of meets potentially just staying the same. Yeah, so I think like look at next year's calendar, right? There's a lot of TBC. I think Ger Ger Buckley <laughs> Yeah said where's TBC Jim? And that that made me laugh. But like, <laughs> um I don't think they're just going to not happen. You know, I think they're all going to happen. I think the same number of, same number of competitions are going to happen. I think people will rise to the occasion. There's more and more gyms investing heavily, more heavily into powerlifting. This is true. This is true. And that's for good reason because it's it's growing as an avenue by which to to make income, to make a living, you know? Like we we have a viable powerlifting online powerlifting coaching business that we've carved yeah. out through a small niche in a in a in a niche market you know what i mean so i think that my it's my personal and, and optimistic opinion for sure that that irish powerlifting will rise to meet the occasion you know i i, I believe that and, and like you say it, it's probably optimistic and maybe even a bit naive but but I do I do believe that that it's all going to be fine and that um, that there is just going to be in the next five years on average more powerlifting competitions held in Ireland and and I think that's going to be a good thing. Something I want to say before I forget because you were talking about the potential for like regional level lifters to compete in in both yes. or all three of these avenues. I am not stating the opinion of the executive committee of the Irish Powerlifting mm-hmm. Federation. I'm not even stating my opinion. What I'm going to do here is I'm going to read something that's on the RHPF website under eligibility, membership eligibility, okay? Mm-hmm. So there's there's a few different things on it. This, this, this particular part here I think is relevant. So what if I'm a member of another Powerlifting Federation that is not affiliated with the International Powerlifting Federation? Our lifter first stance is that we welcome lifters who are members of multiple powerlifting federations subject to the basic criteria outlined above. I won't go through the criteria. If you're interested, you can go on the website. We recognize that many lifters don't join a powerlifting federation to take a moral stance or make a statement. They join federations with well-run competitions scheduled at times that suit them in locations that suit them. That's my own addition to that. In Ireland, we're lucky to have multiple powerlifting federations with competitions to suit every lifter and their schedule. We hope that you will compete with the RHPF, and we also wish you the best of luck wherever you compete. Mm. I think that's an important thing for people to know. And I think if... Where, where was that from? Go on the website. Excuse the me. Irish, this is Irish PF is what I'm Excuse my, my typing here now. So irishpowerliftingfederation.com. Click the three lines at the top, the, the menu thing. Click into competitions. Scroll down to eligibility for Irish PF membership, national level events, and national team. And there's a bunch of things, a bunch of different criteria here. And then in, within this is, what if I'm a member of another powerlifting federation? There's that heading mm. there. It's there. It's on the Irish PF website. Like I say, it's not, it's not, I'm not speaking for the, the EC. I'm not, I'm not even giving my opinion. I'm just reading, reading something that's on the website that I think is relevant here. And that I think should kind of levy people's concerns, especially those who are at a, like like we say, kind of regional level, who who aren't looking at nationals or internationals. If you're just someone, yeah. the ninety percent of people 
within Irish powerlifting who just wants to compete when it suits them, where it suits them, I think you're going to be fine. I think you're going to be fine. I suppose it's it's a bit of a wait and see. It is just wait and see. Totally, yeah. What happens, you know, and from from an interpersonal point of view, optimism is more sustainable. What are you going to do? Just sit there and stress about it or, or sweat about it? You know, like this is happening whether people like it or not. You know, and there is there's potential for it to go south in a big way. There's potential for it to to be a, an enormous benefit to the country. You know, in, in terms of growing the sport increasing accessibility increasing options that 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 you know it's so it's 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 cool it's interesting and, and i if if any of them are listening i encourage the, the coordinators of ab series usapl ireland and the irspf to be in regular friendly discourse and and create a platform an open platform where you can boost each other on because it's, it's the, the presence of each I suppose does encourage a friendly competitive atmosphere where, where everybody can grow and improve you know like it, it, this is going to happen so you might as well try and make the most out of it that's that's I, totally agree totally agree yeah have you got any other input on, on or opinions on what's going on here because I think I'm pretty I think I've pretty much laid the scene for for where i'm at or what my my position is i so i, I listened to the the podcast with dean which kind of laid out it did kind of lay out the lads intentions rather than plans yeah i think that's kind of fair to say and there was a couple of notes that the whole thing about paying volunteers i think is a lovely idea i i i can't i don't know where the money is going to come from I'll it's explain. like there's a I'll explain. Okay. So this is something I feel like people don't understand. This, Apparently. <laughs> but it's like I've, I've seen this levy, like ah, money grab, whatever. It's like so the reason for this, the reason that this is going to happen, the reason that the USAPR Ireland is going to exist is simply because the way in which they meet directors, the 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 degree to which they're paid is there's there's much more in it for them, right? We've we kind of touched on that. And that is not the case within the RHPF. I don't know exact numbers. I'll just take what Gar said on the the podcast with Ian, for example, that he was losing, I think, something to the to the order of like two thousand euro per competition. I don't know about that. I'd love to see the breakdown of that. Well, that's what he I've said. I've seen the toilets after a city gym meet, so I I don't uh, I I don't doubt it's a considerable amount of money, but well, I I it's easy to throw figures around I would just like there to be I don't a, expect a, Garrett a to give figure. us a fucking breakdown of totally. his business's oh, yeah. internal oh, it's, it's, runnings but I do understand course, from his point of view that he's losing a weekend of business at least right there's the day before there's the day after that the gym's in a total sh- shit there's the members yeah. that you're going to lose because they can't train on random weekends throughout the year if you lose one member because of that who's paying you will say 100 euro a month, I only say that because it's easy. I know it's probably 80 or whatever. 100 euro a month, that's five and five and over five grand a year revenue that you're, that you're now missing totally. out on, right? So it's easy to dismiss it, but I do think that, that that's totally within the realm of possibility, the, the between one and 2,000 euro um, loss, you know, figure. 
So mm. that's just not going to be the case for him now with within this new avenue because I I believe and I don't know, but I believe like less less a very small percentage that the USAPL will take for whatever reason. I think it's I think it's just that the membership money goes to the USAPL and all ticket revenue goes to the meet director. I'm pretty sure that that's the way it works. Now I can be corrected. Yeah. So that is what's going to make it viable to pay volunteers. That's what's going to make it viable to to host these bigger shows and to invest more money because that's before you bring in the likes of any any potential sponsors and anything like that, you know? So there yeah. there is definitely potential for them to do a lot more in that way in that regard than there is for the the RHPF in its current capacity to do so. Like you say it's volunteer run. So people generally have full-time jobs, families, um their own training to contend with and then they have to do this on on top of it right you know so they just simply don't have won't have the same incentive to push for the likes of volunteer pay you know it's only in the last Mm. few years that we've been able to consistently like give monster and i don't know a protein bar or 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 a bit of grub to the volunteers on comp day that's only a recent thing you know what i mean um so so not, not to defend (laughs) <laughs> the lads but no no you're 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 dead right in what you're saying and 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 it's even though I, I have several kind of criticisms and i kind of went off there a couple of times like the, the overwhelming thing i do want to state is that this is a very understandable decision and a wise decision from a business owner point of view yeah like that's totally justified and totally understandable um so yeah no i i, I do want to make sure that's 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 my take on that side of things anyway i I have some concerns obviously for for the lifters but for the guys running the show totally this makes total sense well let's let's lay out let's lay out some of those concerns based on the podcast right because there was a lot of things like and we've talked we've brushed over it a couple times one criticism i have on on the podcast now like you say the lads were setting their intentions they weren't like running through the breakdown of of how things were going to work costs profit margins you know yeah. all that kind of stuff and and laying out exactly what each competition is going to look like they were just saying like look this is these are our intentions this is what we want to work towards but there there was this weird incongruency in some of the explanation right where it was like we're for the little guy we're for the the you know the new lifter the first timer the the person who'll never get to a national level which is something me and you have talked an awful lot about right because I really as those as those people. Yeah, there you go. You're like well, speak for yourself. Talk, talk for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I really genuinely do care, and, it, and it's a it's a big part of our business. It's a big part of our marketing. You know, we're we really push our yeah. our services in that direction. Um, but then in, in kind of the the examples used were like the Abs Pro. You know, I think one one example that kind yeah, of made me yeah, laugh yeah, yeah. a little bit was like the the black sprinter van carting the lads around and how that could be that experience could be given to every lifter Mm. you know i don't i don't think so right and i don't think that's something that the lifter is going to value that much right so that would be kind of a weird allocation of resources if that's the direction you were going if if we're talking about maybe that being the spirit of the direction that every person is made to feel important fair enough that's a different thing but that's just one one criticism i have on the kind of way the intentions were laid out it it seems like a lot of the the very positive things and, and this this like you said the spirit of things that is laid out is laid out for higher level lifters that would uh, 
I actually don't know, right? The distinction that the abs comps is the pro, the one with like super strong. Let's say the clash yeah. and shit like that, yeah. right? It seems like they they want this for the high level, like national level lifters and so on. So I feel like that intention is there for them, and those resources will be allocated to treat them like athletes, like they should be treated. I I have serious questions as whether the normal everyday lifter who their financial contributions run the federation. I have serious questions as to whether that level of care will be provided for them. I understand that it's a financial decision and they're lifter oriented, but when the needs of the lifter conflict with financials, I am very concerned that the financials would be put before the lifter then, you know, or I, I'm worried about the consistency between meets that you're, they want to see big hitters, great competitions, that'll be put forward for the big competitions and the normal everyday regional meets of which there's huge demand for they either won't have the capacity to meet or they won't have the the, the care is is a harsh word to use and again this is me speculating and if you disagree with what i'm saying or if you have alternative evidence please 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 get on to me i i have concern as to whether the care will be there for the everyday lifter you know at like there is consistency in rhpf meets because people are in it for the love of the game you know it that has implications about the long run it has implications about higher level meets i think the inverse is potentially true or that we're running the risk of the inverse being true for these meets where top level meets are going to be hot shit really really good however runs the risk of inconsistency for the lower level everyday meets a counterpoint you know, that's a counterpoint to that that's just speculation there's no i have no evidence to support that yeah yeah is what i'm saying yeah a counterpoint to that to that position to that that piece of speculation is that everyone's ticket is going to cost the same amount you know so totally, yeah whether yeah, you're yeah. the bottom bottom of the the leaderboard or top of the leaderboard i assume your ticket is going to be whatever it is i assume that probably be a little bit more expensive um Totally, which yeah. they definitely should be. Um, to be honest, I know it's it's that's another conversation, but you know, yeah. everyone's hundred euro is going to be a hundred euro. You know, so so maybe that's maybe that's a counterpoint there in that. Uh, I, I guess it depends it, it how is, they allocate. It is for sure. Depends how they allocate the that the, that profit that that income that revenue. I suppose, yeah. It was the, the pageantry of the meet was kind of alluded to in that in that conversation with Ian, yeah. and you want like people talking about oh people travel to the Abs Pro like they travel to the Abs Pro because it's and this is not like it's obviously an amazing sporting performance and it's an amazing show to call it a circus with freaks is <laughs> is not what I mean. Adam, yeah, is cringing super hard <laughs> when you see like yeah I'm gonna travel to see Nicolas Dupree's smoke 400 kilos you know and a lot of people will mm. nobody's gonna fucking travel to see me uh go one for three on deadlifts ah so your point here is like this your assault the associated revenues not necessarily the ticket totally, revenue. totally. Ah, I see, yeah I see. it's like what what will be the financial incentive to put a lot of effort into making sure meets are consistent when you're not going to have the same spectatorship for the october open as opposed to the the clash of the titans you know, like there is, there's not a financial incentive for them to be consistent across the board. They can be high level across the board and you can allocate extra resources. Like to be fair, Irish PF nationals within a hotel. And that was, a, you could say that was a higher level of production for that meet, mm. as opposed to the, the open meets. The open meets are still very high level. 
but there's extra resources allocated to the national level meet. So I'm not saying that this is uniquely potentially a USAPL Ireland. Oh my God, the fucking name is just such a mouthful. <laughs> uh, it's it's not that that potential issue is not unique to USAPL Ireland, but when you have a committee that's doing it for the love of the game, fairness is top priority. When you have a small number of people doing it for the love of the game and money, the the incentive for fairness is diminished. And this is a potential criticism of the AB series as well that is unfounded. But like, if you're not friends with Jay or if you're not friends with ABS, that's not an option for you, really. I, I it's That's speculative to say, but if you're not friends with these people or if you have drama or issue or anything with these people who do you go to right and uh, that's that's not to say that there has been these issues or that there's conflict of interest or bias or anything like that but if if somebody wanted to sign up for an irish pf meet and had an issue with adam phillips or connor campbell that's fine because there's a whole host of people who are there for the betterment of the sport and who are there for the love of the game mm. you know mm-hmm. like if, if you have an issue with with abs or with jay and for some reason, the AB series is an appropriate line of competition for you. There is a barrier to entry there, you know? Yeah. 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 For sure. For sure. For sure. Um, I guess like what's the what's the grand vision, right? For powerlifting. Like what what do we see as the end game, right? What's the end goal here? And, and why do we hold the position that we do with that insight? It's fucking not IOC anyway, to be honest. Like let's not only cards on the table no it's not look another kind of concern that i have with a new growth or a new development is the whole i i think how france have their i I don't know the inner workings of the french powerlifting federation but the, the way they have it so that their athletes are treated like athletes because they have a source of government funding and they can be allowed the space and time and resources to do their thing is very very desirable you know and if we if if there was a direction to go to where our lifters can compete in Sheffield and they can and they can win world championships and they can train properly and either run their gyms properly or run these competitions as their full-time job like that government support and funding goes a long long way when you're when the issue in Ireland predominantly to my knowledge and correct me if I'm wrong is that there's a bunch of different federations that could justifiably qualify for funding adding another one just makes that goal further away you know yep yeah and it only perpetuates this neoliberal market share where there's no oversight like you're creating an environment where oversight is impossible you know and where there's no oversight or limited oversight with a smaller committee or a totalitarian system effectively there's gaps you know and there's room for bias and there's room for noise and i should say and i've actually been very very complimentary of the ab series i know i've just talked shit about it for the last hour or so the competitions are very very smooth they run very very well and if there's a change to be made it's made because it's a one-man show like that's that's the strength that's the advantage huge advantage of it being a one-man show it's jay's thing and that is huge huge productivity gains the irish pf and i understand frustration with the ipf and the irish pf like you've seen it yourself i think everyone in the irish pf has if you want something to happen, it has to filter through everyone's fucking opinion, you know, and, and everyone 
uh, has different biases everyone has different facts and figures and interpretations some people have more skin in the game some people have less some people have more financial incentives some people have less getting shit done is more difficult you know i understand that but overall governance as problematic as it is it's protective more than it is problematic you know yeah 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 um so then what are you saying is the the end goal for your end goal at least the the end goal like am i trying to be realistic i don't know no the dream right the like the dream is that every person in ireland has access to a barbell and has access to a high quality coach and training system to which they can compete if they want you know and and if if people have a natural affinity to the sport they have room to pursue that and represent their country on a level that is is on par in terms of prestige the olympics you know um being given an avenue for that and i think over national level governance is a is a key key part of that in my mind yeah so it's and so unification is is the way i'm going and i i've and I know people say it, that it's, it's super silly for me to to mention all the time, but it's just full disclosure that I, I lean towards the conservative side of things that is resistant to change. So that's the kind of, that's where I'm coming from with this and upholding tradition and unification. And I sound like one of these Ireland's full fucking people. I'm definitely not, definitely not that. But in, in terms of powerlifting, a united front absolutely is what I want. And it's, don't get me wrong like the ab series usapl ireland the rhpf idfba wrpc gpc all these fuckers there's an element of like yeah we'll totally work together when the international international powerlifting federation has made that impossible it complicates things you know yep yep um yeah i see that i had an excellent conversation with someone the other day and it's one of these rare conversations where you're on different sides of the fence and you can yes. you can come together and present your opinions to each other that like directly and even kind of aggressively contradict one another and it's yeah. just a conversation between two people it's two you know peers like people and like there was no element of like well i fucking hate you because you think this oh, is better yeah which man like the amount like you know oftentimes you can't even disagree because that's the knee-jerk reaction of people 100%. so i had an excellent conversation with someone essentially where we we shared similar but slightly different visions for the sport right this person believed entirely like yourself in the the amateur level the amateur route for the sport which is what yeah. the the ioc olympic kind of uh, ambition is right that's all amateur sport so this person agreed that this person said like you know keeping things in line with the, the the volunteer run the ipf kind of affiliate uh status and and all the associated rules and regulations in in search of like you say the same the, the government funding for both athletes and coaches and and having less money be be part of that that long-term vision what you want to say something go ahead yeah no i i i, I don't particularly agree with the and i I only interjecting because i think it's significant is that the idea of it not being professional i think government subsidies and funding facilitates can facilitate it being professional 
and where there's money injected into the competitions where meet directors can get compensated volunteers can get compensated it's i don't think that it, it money should be absent from it i think that's well delusional the distinction between professional and amateur so if the government is paying subsidies that's not prof- like a prof- and that's your only source of income within that that's not a professional status as an athlete right that's that's still like the olympic games is an amateur amateur competition it's amateur athletes does the fai receive government funding yes but it also has um it also has like many other alternative revenue streams yeah there's 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 totally room for that i'm not saying that it's well that's my point let me finish my point because that's okay okay, okay, i'm saying exactly what you're saying that's my position okay so my so this was that was this person's position my position is that both should exist which is why you yeah what you rudely fucking interjected me (laughs) (laughs) um okay apology apology. sorry no i thought i thought my point uh, well I either thought you were misrepresenting my point or I had just misrepresented my point. Not, not, uh, not everything's about you. Come on. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> we can agree to disagree here, bro. <laughs> so, no, it's, it's, so, but my position. Yes, yes, yes. You'll yes. let me finish. God damn. I'm talking. Come on. Uh, is that both should exist. That I think, yeah. And that's in line with my, my kind of optimism for, for everything that's going on now yeah there should be like uh, the kind of example i used because there's loads of precedents for this right in the olympics there's loads of sports where there's both the olympic amateur side of things like boxing like basketball like rugby i think rugby is part of the olympics as well you know Mm. various other is football i think football is too maybe maybe not or has been maybe at some point but anyway there is these there is a precedent for for sports where both exist right I yeah. I'm I follow basketball for a very long time, so I'm a big fan of basketball. And as a basketball spectator, if FIBA, who's like the IPF, I suppose, to basketball, to, to amateur basketball, to the Olympic mm. route, if FIBA decided tomorrow to enforce Article 14, would I watch Olympic basketball or would I be even in the slightest bit interested? Absolutely not. Well, why? Why is that? Because if if they do that, the NBA, which is, I guess, like the USAPL in this instance, cannot participate. And now we no longer have the NBA stars who are all professional athletes making hundreds of millions. They're no longer involved in this and they no longer can bring the fanfare and the 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 hype to the Olympic Games, you know? Yeah. Which is the only reason that, that I watch. <laughs> Totally. So, so that's what I think is is the long term goal. I think we have both operating healthy, healthily in conjunction with one another. I think that's that's the end goal. My kind of counter argument would be that leaves only room for, let's just call it private funding uh, in terms of USAPL, no, whatever. No, it doesn't. Like you said, so does the, the FAA does the FAI get government funding? But in order for the sport to be eligible for government funding, one of the main concerns isn't it that there is multiple different federations that could qualify for that funding? Is that not one of the main barriers in place to government funding? That's a barrier. Is that, but there's plenty. Like it's it, a, it was a, one of the main ones. Is because I actually don't know. And I'm just asking you this because you obviously know more about it than I do. 
is there a potential to over to kind of just step around that barrier and fulfill a, diff- a couple of different other ones to allow room for funding? In the way it had been explained to me, the answer I think is yes. Um, that okay, that you good. don't have to fulfill. It's a very long list of criteria. Some are completely unfeasible. Like like it was in the t- the twenty twenty two AGM where it was like work towards Sport Ireland NGB yeah. recognition was passed as a motion. Yeah. There's certain criteria there that I think it, it unlikely we'll ever, ever meet on that list of criteria. It's, a it's, a, it's a long list of things, right? So it had, been, it had been explained to me that Sport Ireland, and I don't know for sure, but that Sport Ireland were willing to overlook that in certain cases, Right. And mm. if you've got a ab series operating in conjunction to the Irish PF, the USAPL, what like because the USAPL, USAPL Ireland, I don't believe is is ever is like an NGB, a national governing body, right? I believe the way that that kind of the way that that structure works is that like USAPL is is the the parent company. It's a company. And USAPL Ireland is is owned by USAPL, as far as I'm aware. Mm. And it's run and operated by uh, a CEO, I believe. Now, I'm completely open to being corrected here. This is just based on the limited information that I have. So I don't think it's like a competitor in the eyes of Sport Ireland, right? It's just a different avenue. Okay. So, for, for example, um, you know, boxing is one. Do Irish boxers uh, retain government funding yeah they do is there plenty of other professional avenues of boxing is there like a million other boxing federations that exist to the point where boxing is almost unwatchable yes <laughs> yes i was does. wondering that as well yeah because it's confused the fuck enemy for so long it's like how are you all world champions it's like how does every parish in the country have a fucking world champion boxer i don't understand this and you know what it's kind of at the, the highest level then it's kind of cool because there is unification fights you know there is like that's true there that's is true, like yeah. you have this title this title this title one person has it on it's super special when when they do um but, it, it, but just to no, say this is only my one go ahead just to say that look this is this these are the precedents that i'm basing my long-term hopes my long-term like this would be this would be great. Do you know what I mean? If they, mm. if, they, if there were both avenues and someone could feasibly participate in both, that would be excellent. I don't, that isn't the case in, in Olympic boxing. That's a misrepresentation. I'm pretty sure once someone turns pro, they, they're no longer uh, able to compete in, in both, but both exist in a healthy way. You know, there is, uh, there is, there is reason to do one or the other. Do you know what I mean? And they both can coexist. And that's my long-term goal that, Whatever the the landscape looks like in twenty, thirty, forty years time, there is there is options for both. You know. Yeah, I have the recognition process to be recognised by Sport Ireland as a national governing body here in front of me, and I'd love to have my proper legal cap on and say Article One, Section Three. But it's uh, Section One, Part Three. In the case that two or more bodies, whether one of them or both of them are an applicant body or an existing NGB are currently organising the development and regulation of a sport or sports which are similar, as determined by Sport Ireland, Sport Ireland may require those bodies to apply to Sport Ireland for recognition on the basis that they will cooperate with each other and form an umbrella body for the governance of the sport or sports. So, first of all, 
it's possible. It has happened in the past, and it's possible, as as you've outlined with the the example of boxing. This is this is massive, so I'm not going to read down through all this. Yeah, worth saying. Live, worth saying. There's five sections, and there's about twenty between. Tw- yeah, there's around twenty criteria in each of those five sections. So you've got like, what is that? A hundred individual criteria that you have to have to meet for to 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 even apply for for recognition. It is a thirteen-page uh, process. Yep. Goddamn. And then I wonder what kind of money you, would you expect then it's yeah I don't know I, I maybe like I'd love to know what the internal system is like in France it's like maybe they have a system that is particularly amenable to this kind of stuff that it's actually quite straightforward and it's actually well the it's, FFF well, the, the French Federation is I believe was pre-existing and is the weightlifting um ngb as well i believe they're in they're responsible for all strength sports uh in france so there was already that existing architecture that powerlifting just kind of fell under also also worth saying that there's 67 million people in france and that's that's going to be a factor you know whereas we have a we have a population of five million i think now yeah about that yeah which is definitely going to limit like potential opportunities because the revenue is going to be lower. It's just how it is, right? Totally, and and we have a bucket of different sports. Like yep. never, like I lament sometimes. <laughs> now I love Irish culture and I love Irish heritage and I love the Gaelic games. I do often wonder, like, if you got a couple of these people and just see what they're like at a powerlifting meet, you'd find some freaks. Like for the for the small amount of members that the RHPF has. We've done very well, you know, and, and I and I think that has, and we were talking about this again during the week, I think that has happened in large part due to the competitive nature between the clubs. Yeah. You know, it, it's that there is an incentive to push on and to beat each other and to, to raise the bar, you know, within the clubs and between clubs and on a national level. Um, at, when I was at Western Euros, I was talking to some of the GB coaches and we, we had a discussion about the kind of the national scene of powerlifting and how it's organized and ours is super competitive and i think that has done a lot for raising the bar now it's kind of in the past it's created a little bit of bullshit that we've kind of got over um but i think overall it has been to the benefit of the sport in ireland and like we said this thing is happening so we might as well look at this in the same light yep you know and, and to take it in the most optimistic way kind of way um yeah yeah so i think we'll round it out then this hour and a half of us talking probably mostly shite about stuff we don't know based entirely mm. on assumption <laughs> <laughs> i i sp- i just want to say before we do jump into this closing closing uh, part that like the hope the intention behind us recording this podcast was that it would it would just kind of uh, what's the word it would just calm people down a little bit like we're two very you know we're involved right we're extremely like my business could definitely be negatively affected here right my income my living could be affected by this and i'm very yeah. i'm calm i'm optimistic i'm not panicking and i think there is a lot of case that man, anonymous question boxes are are definitely um to this situation's detriment because there's just been so much like 
people looking to kind of fan the flames and get people to say mad shit. Um, yeah. Which is why, I don't know if you saw my, my question box that I did recently there, I, I included Peppered. a little bit of text at the bottom. No, fair play to the people who all asked about it because they attached their name. But um, yeah, I, I essentially just would not use Anon question boxes because I just think it's full of people looking to, to stir shit. And maybe that's entertaining, whatever you whatever whatever gets you off. But the goal here is to to bring it together and and try to reduce panic and worry about something that I don't think is that big of a deal. That's my goal. Are you are you kind of mm-hmm. in line there? And maybe levy some of our own uh, criticisms or and put 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 our own opinions out into the ether about what what would be best. Yeah. Uh... I, I also put up a, a question box, like I'd said, and and I, and I was much less optimistic, like I'd said. I, I just wanted to be forthcoming in that. Um, I don't know. I, I'm a little bit more at ease now than I was that we're all going to be okay, you know. <laughs> um, and look, it, it it's important to, to realize, like we said, or to reiterate, like we said, like no matter what name is above the door, it's all the same people at the meets do you know if there's a little bit of, of, of restructuring reorganizing like several people had um had alluded to in, in my question box this morning like somebody had said to me irish powerlifting is like the matrix and i just i didn't really understand that so i shared it because i thought it was funny and he goes every seven years it's a reset three times in my lifetime so fair enough you can have a guess who that was then um it could go very well you know, I don't know what else to say. I, it's we'll see, I, right? I'm we'll not going to pretend like I always do about having answers, but sure, we'll wait and see. We'll see. And it'll be grand. Regardless, you should sign up to Odyssey Strength Coaching. We'll, we'll get the there. We'll podcast. get there. We'll get there. I think. Yeah. <laughs> I think. Let's let's kind of close with like, what are we going to do as as two like you know as as players in the game? Let's say, what are what are what are we going to do going forward with all this? Not like we're going to do the same thing, yep. right? It's, 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 this is another cyclical thing in nature when it comes to bottoms of training or training with, with a pain experience or an injury. Like it's, you just do the same, do the same thing. But you know, it's, it's, a, we're still going to coach, right? We'll coach whoever wants it. You know, it's, we're still going to encourage people to compete at whatever avenue makes the most sense to them. We're still going to train. We're still going to help out. It's it's going to hinge on Article 14. And and whether the Irish PF decides to, to implement it to the fullest of extents, which I, I probably isn't the most productive thing to do. Um, that's in my mind. What we're going to do is we're going to coach. We're going to help people as we always do. Um, my, my eggs are all still predominantly in the RSPF basket if I have people who want to compete in the USAPL meet going forward for whatever reason of course I'm going to prepare them the exact same kind of way there's the whole question on coaching and handling or volunteering or assisting in a in an opposing or an alternative federation I, I'd like to get a little bit more clarity on that first um, but the, the, the RSPF committee is full of sound understanding people who generally have an awful lot of skin at the game and who put the lifters first there was a comment made on Ian's podcast about 
volunteers unable to run meets properly and not be putting on a show something I vehemently disagree with I think the volunteers in the RSPF over the course of the years have done an amazing job and the volunteers continue to do an amazing job they'll that's a group of people I will defend vehemently so I think it's in good hands and I think I have faith that they'll make the right decision and the right decision is the one that will benefit the lifters in the long run and that's it cool yeah I'm going to speak kind of in I'm going to speak for Odyssey Strength when I yeah. say that we're just going to support our lifters full stop yeah that's it and uh, whatever that means is what that means our lifters will compete in powerlifting will we will contribute to the growth of the sport in Ireland as much as we can wherever we can full stop and that's how it's going to be how how uh, how it shakes out is 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 yet to be seen and uh, look we'll just do our our absolute best for, for all involved at the end of the day all I care about is the the sport which is the people involved the lifters that's mm-hmm. ultimately what this is all about if without without the lifters without the people buying the tickets buying the memberships whatever this doesn't happen <laughs> this 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 doesn't work you know um so so that's ultimately what we're gonna do and I'm optimistic I have faith everything will work out and that there is there is a road to be paved forward because I think everyone from the micro to the macro from the individual to the federation I think everyone ha- can can take their slice of the of the pie you know Hmm. something else that I think people should be aware of as well and kind of following if this whole subject is important to you is the fact that Ashton Ruska who competed at USAPL Nationals a few weeks ago is it was announced yesterday I'm not sure if it was announced on Powerlifting America's page definitely if you go on Ash Ashton's Instagram you'll see it it was announced that he's doing a Powerlifting America meet with the goal of qualifying for Sheffield and I saw Sheffield I think it was again the SPD Sheffield Instagram page kind of leaning into this in an interview they did with uh, Anatoly Novopismeni so that is definitely something for all of us to be keeping an eye on because if that goes ahead then the IPF are setting a precedent they're contradicting article 14 right so if they set that precedent then it can't be it can't just be you know one one rule for him and another for everyone else so i definitely think that's something we should all be keeping an eye on as that unfolds awesome cool awesome well that that that's that um look i hope i hope that we didn't speak too far out of turn here i um Again, to reiterate, all opinions are our own. All opinions are, are personal opinions. They don't represent or reflect the opinion of anyone else or, or any yeah. other body or group of people. Um, yeah, if you have any, if you have any input, if you have any criticisms, please, please let us know. Like when I touched on earlier that conversation that, that I had with someone, like that was an awesome conversation. One of one of my favorite conversations I've had with anyone in, in quite a while. And it was because it was just two people with slightly different opinions being okay with disagreeing. Yeah, disagreeing can be uncomfortable. It's not It's not the best feeling in the world when someone just straight up disagrees with you. But it's, mm. it's okay. 
you can come to us and we ple- like we really welcome we encourage that if you disagree if you have you have an alternate viewpoint we'd love to hear it because we're not, we, we're fallible do you know what i mean we're we're definitely not infallible in the positions that we hold and and i'm completely open to being straight up wrong about about a, a position that i took or maybe about a, a thing that i said and we're always looking to to grow and to improve in every avenue of our of our professional lives do you know so yeah is there anything else you wanted to to throw in there before we run this out connor no i think that rounds that out very nicely it's funny because we always say that we always say that, like look if you have opposing evidence or if you want to challenge our opinions on this please please do <laughs> and we actually mean it like i'm nearly disappointed when nobody does um but totally open to admitting faults open to accepting new and better evidence or different points of view absolutely to, to what you were saying there it's the worst feeling ever as well when you know indirectly somehow that someone does disagree with what you're saying or what you've said yeah. or, or has a problem or has taken it personally or posts some some indirect story on instagram and you you mm. you know that that's probably in relation to what you you've said and they don't come to you with it it's like yeah why or, or they say some underhanded thing to you or about you or whatever it's just like grow up everyone like mm. honest to god just grow up and <laughs> have conversations for god's sake just 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 bridge the gap because that's that's the the most productive thing you could possibly do is to try and build that bridge between one position and the other position or, or uh, not you don't even have to change your position or, or change your perception but just having these bridges built between lots of different positions is 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 how you is how you kind of bring togetherness to to a community of individuals i think totally no absolutely agree awesome well um if you enjoyed listening i hope you listen tomorrow that was episode 43 of the odyssey podcast we also offer powerlifting coaching you may have heard you may you may have figured mm. out by now if you're interested head over to our website odysseystrength.ie forward slash services you'll have a full list of the the, the range of powerlifting services that we avoid we provide from all access coaching to kind of a more hands-off consultation service maybe a bit more budget friendly to meet day handling and even one-time consultations if you're interested in any of that please have a look at our website and if you have any further questions again reach out to us thank you very much for listening we'll be back again soon all the best